Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, good evening, everybody. We thank and praise God for his goodness and his mercy, for his keeping power, watching over us all during the course of the day. And this particular week, we're starting out with going to be teaching from the book of Jeremiah. But before we begin, I'm going to open with a prayer, and then I'm going to give you a little bit of history about Jeremiah, just a brief synopsis, and then we're going to begin chapter 1. After we do chapter one, we're gonna I'm gonna email everybody that I have an email address for the questions for the first chapter and you're to respond to those chapters and then uh at the end of the whole book of Jeremiah you'll get a certificate saying that you completed that particular book. So what I'm gonna do now is open with prayer and then we're gonna begin the study. Father God, in the precious name of Jesus, we come before thee tonight, God, asking that thou wouldest look upon us tonight, God. Forgive us for any sins that we may have committed during the course of the day, whether knowing or not knowing, God. And then, Lord, we want to empty our vessels, God, that you may use us for your glory tonight, God, that we may assist in the feeding of the word to your people, God. We pray as never before that you would touch each and every panel member, God, everybody that's listening, God. Let them be able to take understanding in the studying of the word. We never want to take your glory, God, and we give it all back to you because without you, God, we can do nothing. We pray that you will look upon all that are joining in tonight, God. Let their souls be blessed and filled with whatever's needed for them in this walk, God. In the precious name of Jesus, we thank you right now. Amen. 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 Hallelujah, God. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of summary about uh, our prophet Jeremiah, and it's only a brief summary. Do we have our evangelist, uh, Dorothy Beatty, on the line? Yes, I'm on. Okay. After I give you the summary of it, we're going to discuss Chapter 1, and our evangelist, Dorothy Beatty, is going to take the lead on that at the end of her giving us the uh, meaning of that chapter. And we're hoping she will go through the chapter since it's only 19 verses. But however the way the Lord leads her, because um, at the end of that chapter, as I mentioned before, you're going to be getting a quiz. And I'm going to send it to you via email. And I'll also... Um, before the end of the broadcast, give my email address that you can send in if you want to participate in taking the exam, if I don't have your email. So uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit about Jeremiah. Jeremiah, um, as we all know, was a prophet of God. His name meant uncertain. He was a young priest of Anathoth, when he began to prophesy. 
Because of the intensely personal nature of his book, his character and life are better known to us than those of any other writing prophets, sometimes called the weeping prophet. Jeremiah was a devoted patriot, wholly committed to God and to holiness, persecuted by his own people for the bold proclamation of the unwelcome truth about the impending captivity. And we'll read that through in chapter 19 through the 20th chapter, and also in chapters 37 and 38. He never lost his compassion for them. Jeremiah's call is the 13th year of King Josiah, 6 B.C. Zephaniah and Habakkuk were contemporaries of his early ministry, Daniel of his later ministry. His earlier prophecies uttered during the last years of Jerusalem were chiefly warnings to the people that unless they repented of their sin, their city would be destroyed. After the fall of Jerusalem in 586 B.C., Jeremiah was given the choice by Nebuchadnezzar of either going to Babylon or staying with the poor remnant. The second king, that's in the fourteen of his own people. He chose to stay and minister to the remnant. Following the murder of Jedaliah, and that was just mentioned in 41 and 7, he advised his people to remain in the land, but they went to Egypt, taking Jeremiah and Barak with them. While there, Jeremiah still sought to turn the remnant back to the Lord. He also predicted Israel's return to the land in the end time. He probably died in Egypt. Now, we have to realize that in the beginning, Jeremiah, being called to the office of prophet, didn't want to do it. He took that position unwillingly. But God convinced him like he convinced Moses that it was for his glory that he had called him into that position. And he became known as the weeping prophet. Now I'm going to turn it over to our evangelist, Dorothy Beatty, so that you can uh, begin the study. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Um, I just want to continue along with our evangelist and what she had said. Uh, I'm not going to go verse by verse, but I'm just going to pick out some of the verses and I'm going to expound on them and perhaps later on you all can interject some thoughts of your own. I'm going to first start out with verse 5 where it says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And what the Lord had given me on this is, says, Known unto God are all of his works, even before the foundation of the world. This let us know that God had already placed a calling in our lives, even before we were born, before we were formed in our mother's womb. God had already placed a calling upon our lives. He knows our entire makeup. He knows our strengths and shortcomings. He knows our abilities and our faults. He knows our failures and our shortcomings and even our weaknesses. God knows everything there is to know about us. Hey, he created us, praise God. 
Then verse 6 says, Then said I, O Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. And isn't that just like us sometimes? The Lord will give you a task to do or assignment to do. And before, you know, God can even get through telling you what he wants us to do, we got all kinds of excuses why we're not able to do these things. But God God already knew before, you know, he gave you the assignment that he had already given you what you need to do the assignment. But it says, but for who made our mouth? And who gave us our intelligence and wisdom? Did not God who created us? We can't do anything without God's help anyway. All we need to know and learn is that God wants to use us, and we need to yield our members unto him. Then you go down to verse 8, where it says, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. A lot of times, or perhaps sometimes, we are reluctant to say or speak what God has instructed because of people's faces. But we need to pray and ask God to deliver us from this fear or drawback. For the Lord said, um, um, but if any man draw back, his soul shall have no pleasure in him. And and praise God. And, um, I, you know, certainly I don't want this to be in my life where the Lord won't have any pleasure in me or any favor in me. So I do strive to do, you know, that that the Lord has called me to do. And I pray that the Lord will continue to help me and to help each one of us to do what he's assigned to our hands. Because every ability that God has given us in the body of Christ, it is for, uh, you know, our own good as well as the good of others. So we need to learn to just yield ourselves and give ourselves unto the Lord that he can be glorified in us. It's not us that do the work anyway. It is God. Okay, verse 10 says, See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Praise God. Mm, let's see, what did I write on this? Praise God. Okay, okay. Mm. Okay, does anyone else have any thoughts at this time? Amen. I would just uh, <clears throat> like to go back to five. It says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Amen. Which means that the Lord had put us aside. Amen. After choosing us, um, amen, he separated us, um, amen, from all of those that came along with us or even behind us because he has a work um, for all of us. Um, and if he sanctifies us, he's making it known to us and even to those that are around us uh, that I have chosen them and I have made them what I want them to be. So, therefore, they are not like, as they say, the rest of the crowd. 
Amen. Because when the Lord sanctify you, he make it known to you that you aren't like other people. You aren't supposed to do things that they do. You are not supposed to act like they do. And if you give me your mind, you won't think like they do because I have a purpose for your life. Amen. And, and it also reads, and I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. Amen. Which means that the Lord is making you a mouthpiece unto many people. Amen. Because many times the Lord will send us out. Amen. Not uh, per se walking out, but he will send us in the midst of somebody that he wants us to go forth and deliver a message. Amen. It might not be that we could go forth and preach to them. Amen. But the Lord can use your personality to reach someone, um, to let somebody know that they are not alone in what they're going through with in this life. Um, but he would use you to let them know that there is a difference if they would only accept a difference, and that is to know that they can put all of their burdens and cares unto the Lord because there's somebody that cares for them. There's somebody that loves them. Amen. And there's somebody that they can always talk to when they can't seem to talk to anybody else. Amen. And verse 6 says, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. The Lord knows all of us. And regardless to the excuse that you want to give God for you not wanting to obey God and wanting to abide in God like the Lord has called you to do, he will not take an excuse. He makes it known to us that he knows that we are who he has already formed us because he already knew us, uh, even before our first breath. Uh, amen. And verse 7 says, But the Lord said unto me, Said not, I am a child, but thou shalt go to all that I shall send and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Um, Amen. Regardless of how you don't want to abide in God, don't want to obey him, don't want to do the things that he commanded you, he can still force you to if he desires. Amen. But he feels that he can just tell you and you will obey him. Amen. And he also says, I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command me, thou shalt speak. Many times in our lives, we have witnessed that a lot of times we can be talking to someone, and the conversation can go in such a way that we don't even understand it ourselves. And many times you would say within your mind, wow, uh, how can I say that? I didn't even know that I could even say things like that. But when the Lord sent you out, he will speak through you, for you as well as unto you. Okay, I want to go back to uh, the very first part of uh, Jeremiah 1 because it's going to be important that you understand that this calling was for Jeremiah and how he reacted and what happened during this period of time. I thank our evangelist and our minister, um, Bates, for explaining the word thus far. But in chapter 1, at the very beginning, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were 
in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin. We're going to need to know where it actually happened because when I give you your test, it's going to ask certain questions that you need to know, and I hope that we will discuss it all tonight so that you can be able to quickly answer and if not, refer back to the word. To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim and the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. The word, then the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed Jeremiah in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified Jeremiah, and I ordained Jeremiah a prophet unto the nations. Now, right here when our evangelist baby was talking about the uh, gifts and how God knows us all and how he ordained us and predestinated us, here in this particular verse is identifying that the gift of prophecy that Jeremiah had was given to him by God, not by man, not, not someone telling him he had the gift of prophecy, but God informed him that this was his gift. Then said Jeremiah, Oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. And then our evangelist Dorothy and Minister Beatty said that sometimes we think because of our age or our youth that we cannot be used by God. But this is affirmation that God chose Jeremiah at a young age. And back during that time, you wasn't considered a man until you were about 35 years old. So here he was called as a young man to give the word. And he was afraid to speak because he felt people would not understand. Plus he was a small and um, and very much of an introvert, as people would say today. And in the seventh verse it says, But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. He's talking to Jeremiah, telling him, No, come back telling me you're a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Being a prophet of God, you become a mouthpiece to the people. And when you are in that position and in that office, you might become fearful of what the Lord tells you for fear that people may not receive it. But here God is telling him, don't worry about that. Just go, and I will tell you, and I will speak and give you the word so that you will be able to understand. And he tells them not to be afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Many times, as our evangelist Dorothy was saying, we become afraid and we draw back. But here God is telling Jeremiah not to do that, not to be afraid. Don't look upon their faces and allow fear to overtake him, because he was there to deliver them. Now I'm going to ask someone else to start with chapter, verse 9. Uh, Evangelist Chapman. 
then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. That was God putting, I, God had anointed him with his power from on high. And he was telling him, Now, Jeremiah, I have given you all that you need. I have put my words in your mouth. So you don't have to worry about what you have to say. You don't even have to worry about how you're going to say it because I've already put the words in your mouth and I will speak through you. All you have to do is be the vessel that I have chosen you to be. Go ahead and continue. Okay. And that was, uh, amen, amen, amen. Nine. Nine, okay. See, I I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. I I like what God uh, says here because when he calls us, he also gives us the instructions. He also tells us exactly what we're to do and what and, and, and what our mission is. He didn't he didn't half step, he didn't tell him, I'll tell you a little bit later, but he told him exactly what he is to do. And I also just wanted to just uh just just add a few things with the uh history of uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I was reading uh in one of the in one of my commentaries that Jeremiah was like twenty one years old when God called him. And he had told him many, many things that would be happening in his life. And one of those were that he was not to marry, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, and, and that he would, he, he would just be the vessel that God would have him to be because he didn't want anything distracting him from the work that he had on his life. And I like, I like verse 10 when it says, but I would give you, I, I have set this day thee, I set you, Jeremiah, over all the nations and all the kingdoms. There were five five kings that ruled in his time as a prophet. And all of that, he told him that he had already prepared that for him. And he knew. But he also told him that he would root out and how he was going to pull down and to destroy and that and to throw down and to build and not to plant. So as a prophet, we we know that that's a hard road because many, many times as you speak what thus said the Lord, there are people going to be angry. Many of them will not even uh, uh, acknowledge that they heard what you were saying. But God knew this, and this is why he he, he made him the prophet because he knew what he would have to go through, and he knows what he created. God knows us. He knows us from the moment we entered in his mind and he created us. He knew what we can do. He knew what we're going to do. He knew what the opportunities were going to be allowed to us to do if we only trusted him. And I believe in my spirit, amen, that Jeremiah, he wasn't, I guess some of us would say a loner, but he wasn't a loner. But he knew that he couldn't mingle with everybody because he had to keep his mind clear on the Lord. And I believe all the prophet, all the prophecies, the prophets, they they are they're they're much like Jeremiah. They don't they don't do a lot of um, um, 
socializing, as I may put it, and I mean like going over houses, doing a whole lot of blah, 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 but I'm saying that they're mostly always serious-minded, and a lot of people might take that uh, wrong. They might say, oh, you're too religious for me, but that's not it. But their mind has got to be open at all times to hear the voice of God. Amen. I want to take the next uh, or comment on the previous verses. On chapter on nine it says uh, uh says eleven. Moreover, the words of the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I and I said, I see a branch of a an almond tree. And then the Lord said to me, You have seen well. For I am ready to perform my words, and the words of the Lord came unto me the second time, saying, What do you see? I said, I see a boiling point, and it is facing away from the north. Then I said unto him, Out of the north come shall break forth. And, and in this chapter, like uh, 11, it says, uh, uh, Almond tree is, is a... <clears throat> Is in the east, and the first to awaken after the sleep of the winter, and it symbolizes that the uh, prediction and the prophecy event is close. Prophecy must begin in, in the twelve chapter. Prophecy must begin because the, the time their their time to fulfill was at hand, and the warning were at the beginning immediately. And it is this it, it's just saying in so many words that we as the people of God. We have to obey in the fullness and do what God has us to do because time is running out and time is really going forth in a mighty way. But we got to accept the fact that when God uh, speaks to us, we have to have an ear to hear and to move quickly, just like Jeremiah. Jeremiah moved quickly. And like a lot of people will say, I know I've said it myself, well, Lord, I don't know how to speak that well, God. Uh, God, what am I going to do, God? But I've learned to, if you open your mouth and do the will of God, God will come in and put words in your mouth. God will give you the wisdom that every time you speak, you'll be saying words out of your mouth. You don't, you don't even know it's coming out. That's the reason that it's so, so important that you have the Holy Ghost, that God will be able to come in and use you in a mighty way because we know time is running out. And if we say to ourselves, Lord, we can't do it, we will never do anything. We will never mount up. We will never say the right. Because one thing we got to do, if you if you lay lay it to your heart, and the mercy of men shall shall not take it away. They they won't take it away. But then, but you will continue to grow in God because it's the enemy's goal to try to persuade you that you can't do it, that you can't move in God. Nobody could move in God unless God moves in you. And I thank God every day because God has given us every opportunity, every chance that we need to go forth to do what he has us to do. And I thank God every day. You, I can't thank him enough for where he brought me from. I can't thank God enough for what he's doing in my life, your life. And it also goes down and says, uh, uh, you're going to have, like, the king." And the princes and all of those are gonna go up against you, but you got to realize one thing: you got to stand strong 
And if you obey God and do God's will, God will move in you in a mighty way. The Lord will give the Lord gave Jeremiah the strength to stand against the kings, the princehood, the priesthood, and the people of the land, but only if he would stand strong. And that's what we gotta do because in like said nineteen, the promise of promise of deliverance of the prophet is given here. And the church, the kings, or whatever, we have to be a pillar. When you're a pillar in God, nothing that anybody could say or do. First thing you want to do, you want to do the will of God, that God will come forth in your life, and that God will make you and, and mold you to be all that you have to do. And we have to stand in our place and do what God has us to do. Mother Jameson? Yes, honey. Um, as I was reading... In Jeremiah, the Lord was showing, you know, just as you all were talking about how, you know, when the Lord had chosen to do a job, you know, to do the work, he had already uh, um, uh, ordained him, sanctified him, had got him already prepared to do that work. Everything that God put in him um, had prepared him so that he could do whatever God wanted him to do. And even uh, when the Lord had put his hand on his mouth for to speak, you know, God was doing all the work. Jeremiah had to only be the vessel. All he had to do was just be there and let God do all the work. God was going to do the work. Jeremiah didn't have to do anything but just be that vessel, you know, just be that servant, you know, that God could use. And God said, you just do what I want you to do. I'll do the work, you know. I'll, uh, uh, um, how said he had already formed him. He had already uh, uh, um, uh, uh, ordained. He put the words in his mouth. You know, even though he said he was a child, and the Lord was saying, um, why say that you are a child? Don't say that you are a child. It's like saying, Lord, I can't do the job. Lord, I, I'm not fit to do it just like with Moses. Or any of us would say, well, Lord, I don't know, you know, I don't know what you want me. I don't know how to do this or that. But you don't have to know how to do this or that because God is doing it himself in you. You just be available like he wants you to be. And this is what he did with Jeremiah. You know, he already ordained him. He didn't know that he could do such and such until God, you know, let him know that he could, that I've already did everything in you. All you have to do is just do the work that I want you to do. You just go and appear. You just go and, and uh, uh, go to the king as I want you to, go to the people as I want you to. He's going to even walk with you. I'm with you all the way. You know, you're not alone because I'm there. I'm taking you there. You know, so he didn't. He didn't have to. All he had to do was just, you know, walk. He made him a defense city. Uh, I was looking at the part where uh, um, he was saying uh, um, uh, uh, he was God's protection of Jeremiah. God uh, in seventeen, he said, "Thou therefore gird up thy lungs and arise and speak unto them all that I command thee, and be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them." For be in eighteen for behold I have made thee this day a defense city and an iron pillar and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And this is glorifying God. He's letting the people see what God can do. You know, because God is doing all the work. He's not all he's just being that vessel. 
in obedience unto God. If he's obedient to God and let God use him and let God have his way in him, just like you were saying with the Holy Spirit, you know, that God put all that, God has put all that in him, everything that he needed. He didn't need anything because God prepared him all the way. While he was in the womb, in the belly of his mom, hallelujah, God said, before, before, good gosh, you were born, I knew you. Because he did everything for him, got him already prepared. And I thought about, you know, even with Pastor, how God did with her, how he prepared her, how all the work that he put in her to do, hallelujah, God. And each one of us, good gosh, whatever he has for us to do, hallelujah, God, good gosh, everything is already there. Hallelujah, Jesus, before we were born, he had already fixed everything. Everything already worked out. All we have to do is just obey him. Hallelujah, God. Nothing do we have to have, you know, for, you know, to get on our own because God has already did the work. Amen. I want to go back to um, 11th when uh, my husband was talking about the almond tree. I want to read what the Concordance says because it flowers earlier than other trees. Right. The almonds sounds like Hebrew for a watcher, signifies the near fulfillment of God's proposed judgment. And that's in verse 10. And then verse 13 about the seasoned pot. The boiling pot symbolizes a raging conflict which was to descend upon the land from the north that is the Babylonian invasion. So I'm just explaining what those two terms went. I thank God for um, the input thus far, and I would like to extend it to anybody else out there that would like to in, uh, say something. I would. This is um, Minister Chapman. And um, uh, co-pastor um, Orr, he said something about the almond tree, and uh, I'd like for him to, to, to say that again, please, because he, he was saying that it, it blooms first and whatnot, but I, I, would, like, I would like for him to say that again because I, I, I wrote it. I couldn't get it all down, what he was saying. I couldn't okay. write it all down. An almond tree is the first to awaken after the sleep of winter. Okay. And... Uh, uh, in, in Jeremiah, that means that the near it was nearness that the event would come where he, he was that he that God would be able to use him to prophesy and to uh, <clears throat> and to do His will to fulfill was at His hand and the warning was at the beginning immediately and the warning you had to uh, do it immediately. Okay. All right. Thank you. Also, okay. I, just, also I just want to input this is that. Uh, even like in Jeremiah, when the Lord had prepared Jeremiah to go and speak before the people because the people had become so rebellious and so mm-hmm. wicked, uh, they did not want to listen to the statutes mm-hmm. that the Lord had given to them to follow the one to follow after God's uh, um, uh, uh, commandments. They mm-hmm. had begun to throw God behind their back. So God had already set in his mind what he was going to do. So he stirred up nations against Jerusalem that they would come up against his chosen people uh, to fight against them. And this is before Jerusalem were destroyed. And if you note, God always sent a warning ahead 
of, of destruction before it comes. God yeah. will send a warning out. And it is for mm-hmm. us to take heed to the warnings that he's sending out. We can either repent of our wickedness and turn unto the Lord, or we can deny just like they continued on in their ways. Right. And so God brought forth the destruction upon them, praise God. And just like it is today, uh, God is constantly sending out warnings after warnings after warnings of his impending judgment upon the whole inhabitants of the world. But it's like it's like we have we are blind. We put blinders on. We don't want to hear what God has to say. We don't want to see what he's doing. We don't want to acknowledge God. But soon and very soon, God's going to let all men know that he's God and that he reigns in heaven above and right. in the earth beneath. And I just want to go on to verse um, 18 and, and just say something a little bit about 18 and 19. All it right, says, for behold, I have made thee this day a defense city and an iron pillow and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And iron is not soon broken nor moved. The consistency of iron is hard and is strong. It's a very stable metal. This is how God wants us to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. He said, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Our labor isn't in vain in God. Just go on and do what he wants us to do. Mm -hmm. Then verse 19 says, and they shall fight against thee. But they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. Any time, praise God, someone stand up for righteousness, stand up for the word of God. You can look for opposition. You can look for people to fight up against you, speak evil against you, do all manner of evil toward you. But the Lord told us, he says, but they shall fight against thee. But they should not prevail against thee. I am with thee, said the Lord, to deliver thee. And no man can overthrow God. Man, beast, demon, or devil cannot overthrow God. Uh It says, praise God, when you are doing a work for the Lord and refuse to take down, no matter what the cost, you Mm -hmm. can look for opposition and persecution. That's right. If they did it unto Jesus, how -hmm. much more would they do it to us? Who have determined to make Jesus and his will our choice. Amen. Hey, anyone else have anything they want to add? I really would. Uh, This is Minister Chapman again. And, you know, I I really, verse 19 is for all the prophets as well as for all of us. And they shall fight against thee. Now, just like Evangelist Dorothy said, yeah, they're going to buck against us at every angle. But don't 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 be dismayed. That's right. Because God said, "I got you. Mm-hmm. I I I got you. Let them go ahead and act crazy if they want to. You mm-hmm. just speak okay. my word to give them an opportunity to change. But don't worry about it because they shall not prevail. Whatever they try to do, it's not going to work. And I just encourage all the prophets the uh, prophets out in the in, here tonight that just stand in God and no matter what the other people try to do, it's not going to prevail because God has you and has chosen you 
for such a time as this. And Amen. Also saying that, therefore prepare your surprise and speak to them that uh, that I command you. It's God is telling you so many words. Regardless of what people say or what they look on you or how they come on you, speak what He tells you. Because God will give you the words to say. He's going to give you because do not be dismayed before their faces. Maybe like they, they look at you in an evil way and this and that. But you got to look beyond all that and see what God has did, told you to do. Because you have to do the will of God. Because this is the end time. And some people are looking for hope. I know I was looking for hope. I was down to the last, to the last stage. I couldn't go no lower. But a strong vessel stood up and, and gave me the words that God has given to me, and it made me to be a light and to depend on. If, I, if they can depend on God and put their trust in God, I can do the same thing. And what God is telling us, just like Jeremiah, don't be afraid. Just stand up. Do the will of what God has you to do. You might lose friends. You might lose loved ones. I'd rather lose friends or loved ones than not to do the will of God. Because like I say, in the beginning was God, and everybody wants to go to heaven. And I'm just saying, stand strong and speak and do what God have you to do. Amen. Anyone else have something they want to say? Hey, man, I just want to say that uh, the Scripture tells us to stand therefore in God's liberty where he has made us free. Amen. As long as you are obeying God and you're doing the things that God has commissioned you to do. Amen. We know that we are going to go through trials and we're going to go through tests and temptations and and tribulations because we know that the enemy of this world, amen, is going to try to discourage us, to try to hinder us, to try to keep us from obeying God. But we must always know within ourselves it's better to do what God has instructed us to do. Many times the expressions of people can discourage us. Amen. Even in going out missionaring, amen, in speaking as God has spoken to you, amen, and how people would look and act and even say things. But we must have the assurity on the inside that the Lord has commissioned me, the Lord has instructed me, and it's up to me to do what God has provided for me to do. Because it was God that has spoken to all of us to go forth, um, amen, and feed the sheep of God, the lambs of God, those souls out there that don't know Jesus uh, in reality, those that don't know him as a Savior and as a deliverer. And the Lord is looking for us uh, to go forth and be the rods that he has called us to be and to be all that he has instructed us, uh, amen, and even created us to be. But if we will go forth and knowing without a doubt, regardless of what's out there, what the opposition is going to be, I'm going to be there, God, because I know that you can depend on me to do what you have instructed me to do. Okay, I have here uh, five questions that I'm going to put to the panel members or someone that's listening to see if, from Chapter 1 if they gain this information. Everybody, I have your attention, right? Mm-hmm. Number one, 
were the kings when Jeremiah prophesied? While you're getting the answer to that, number two, when was Jeremiah ordained to be a prophet? Number three, what did the Lord put in Jeremiah's mouth? What two things did Jeremiah see, number four? And what did the Lord make Jeremiah to be? Okay, who wants to take number one? Okay, I'll say uh, King Josiah, uh, Jehoiakim, uh, Zedekiah. Those three doing that particular, doing chapter one. Yeah. Uh, Who wants to take number two? When was Jeremiah ordained to be a prophet? Before he came out of his mother's womb. What verse is that? Uh, that's, Jesus, that's Dorothy. That's, oh, right. um, that's, that's right. Verse 5. Okay. Mm-hmm. Finish it, Dorothy. Uh, be, before he came out of his mother's womb, he sanctified uh, Jeremiah, and he ordained him to be a mm-hmm. prophet to the nation. Um, Amen. Amen. Now, number three, what did the Lord put in Jeremiah's mouth? God uh, put his word in his mouth. Okay, and that's in what verse? Uh, right. Uh, verse nine. All right. Okay. Verse nine uh, is. Let me know what verse you find information. Okay. In. Okay. It's in was, verse nine. Okay. Right. What two things did Jeremiah see? Uh, in verse in verse eleven, Jeremiah saw the rod of an almond tree. Right. And in and in verse thirteen. Thirteen, he saw a seven part. Uh-huh. Uh, and the last one is, what did the Lord make Jeremiah to be? Um, he made him a prophet. That was good to say. Uh, well, it's, it's more than just a prophet. Okay. Okay. Down in verse eighteen, it says, "For mm-hmm. behold, I have made thee this Thank day you. a defense city and an iron yes. pillar." And bracing walls against the whole uh-huh. land, against the kings of Judah, against the priests thereof, princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. Uh-huh. That's in verse 18. Amen. Uh, this is why I wanted you to go back, since this is our first verse and our learning uh, for all of us, when we do this, we're going to have to read the uh, entire chapter oh. by verse to explain it. So that at the end of the chapter, you'll be able to remember where you saw this and tell me where the answers are found by uh, Scripture, chapter and the verses. And that was the reason why I wanted you. But all of you did a wonderful job tonight. Is there anyone else that wants to add something or input something here? Okay, we're going to ask... I'll, um, Mother Jameson, to close us out in prayer. If there are no questions about Jeremiah chapter 1, anyone want to say anything pertaining to it before we have her close out in prayer? Mother Jameson? Father God, as we come before thee to give you the honor and the glory and to thank you, Master, for this night, Lord God, and for the 
tapped of Jeremiah, Father God, and how you used your vessel so greatly, Master God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for the teaching and the learning, Lord God, that you have done in all of us this night and those who are listening in, Father God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Master God, for this night, for this day, Lord God, and everything, Lord, that you've taught us. And thank you for our shepherd, Dr. Teresa, the companion of Apostle Lawrence, for all of your head ministers and evangelists, Lord God. Hallelujah, God, for how you've spoken through them, used them, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus, and blessing them, Lord God, going out and coming in, all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you all, and thank you for joining in tonight. Amen. Good night. Good night. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.